Hey, everybody. Welcome to Healing University. I'm Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm excited about what's on my heart, and I believe this will be a blessing to you. This is the continuation of our in-depth study on God's will and provisions in regards to receiving, walking in, or ministering healing. This is session, or if you will, lesson number six, level two, and I'm going to be sharing on God's grace to receive healing. God's grace to receive healing. It is so important that we as believers understand the grace of God and how that God has provided healing within his amazing grace. One of the reasons people lose, if you will, the amazing in regards to God's grace is they don't see people's lives being changed. And I see people saved on a regular basis and their lives totally changed. And that makes grace amazing to me. I also see people healed constantly in signs and wonders and miracles. And that too makes God's grace very amazing to me. It's so important that you understand that on the same cross that Jesus died for our sins and now has made righteousness available, he died also for our sicknesses and has made healing available. We can no, long, no more be saved by our works but rather by grace, then we can be healed by our works, but rather by grace. The same grace that brings forgiveness to you and that you receive by faith is the same grace that makes healing available to us and it too must be received by faith. Again, I can't do anything or quit anything to get saved. It's God's grace through faith that has saved me. You can't do anything or quit anything or start anything to get God to save you, you are saved by God's amazing grace through childlike faith. It's also true that we can't do anything to get healed. We can't stop anything or start anything or again, get healed by works any more than we get saved by works. And a lot of people don't understand this. They believe that grace is available to save them from their sins, but they don't understand how grace works in the receiving of their healing. Again, the same cross that Jesus bore my sins is the same cross where he bore my sicknesses. So I want to talk about this. I want to show you how that God's grace through faith is how we receive healing, just like God's grace to be saved through faith is how we enter into eternal life. David saw this in Psalms 103, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of scriptures here and tying them in to, again, God's grace and how that the way I get saved is by faith and I have to act on my faith. That's for sure. And there are works of faith, but I don't get healed by works of the law anymore. And I get saved by works of the law. A lot of people really miss healing and the benefit of healing because they don't see the connection, connection of God's grace and forgiveness of our sins to that of now the healing of our bodies. David is celebrating the grace of God in Psalms 103. And so I'm going to begin in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So David is encouraging us here to remember the benefits of God. And yet so many Christians today live far short of the provisions and benefits that God has made available. It's as if we have forgot them. And God wants us to be reminded of his goodness and his, his benefits. Let's see what those are. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our or your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. The loving kindness of God is upon us all of our lives, and we need to renew our minds to how good God is. And again, these benefits, and many have not been taught or told the benefits of the cross, the benefits that are available through the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we see that we're not to forget that we're forgiven of all of our iniquities, that God has already forgiven us of our sins. God has already extended complete and total forgiveness to every believer and that my sins, past tense, present tense, and even future tense have been forgiven by God. That doesn't mean sin doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I don't repent of sin. It doesn't mean sin doesn't have consequences. Or, listen carefully, it doesn't mean I never sin and have to receive the forgiveness of God by grace. 
First John 1 9 talks about how if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, all of our unrighteousness, and to cleanse us again of all sin, all unrighteousness. God has extended in grace forgiveness to me. And so if or when I sin, I need to run to him, confess that sin because sin has consequences horizontally in my life. Even though vertically God has accepted me and loved me unconditionally and forgiven me, I go to him and I confess a sin because of the horizontal effects of sin, the wages of sin, the law of sowing and reaping that can bring a bad harvest if I continue in known habitual unrepented sin that can damage me even though God has extended complete forgiveness. He wants me to remember he forgives all my iniquities. I am a forgiven man. And yet if I sin, I confess that to God and he cleanses me in my soul where sin affects me emotionally, in my body that's not redeemed, where sin can affect me and can open up the door for Satan to steal, kill, and destroy. And remember, the same God that forgives, though, all of my iniquities is the same God who heals all of my diseases. God wills for you to be healed. He wills for you to receive of his love and mercy in this area of your life as well as sins. Just like I'm forgiven and yet can still sin and just receive my forgiveness, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. It's a done deal. Jesus bore all my sins and sicknesses 2,000 years ago in his body on the tree. And just because by his stripes now I'm healed, it doesn't mean it's impossible for me to experience in my body sickness. Just like I may still sin, I'm still the righteousness of God in my spirit and I can run to God and receive now my forgiveness. My body is subject to this world and the, and the sicknesses in this world and by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, but I need to receive that healing by faith. And it's faith in what? Faith in the amazing grace of God. I receive my forgiveness, standing on my righteousness that Jesus provided for that's a benefit. I receive my healing the same way by faith in the stripes of Jesus who bore all my sicknesses. And so understanding this, Put you in a position when you see grace of instead of instead of feeling like you have this disease and that you're in a defeated position of in which you've got to go to God and you got to do this and quit that and start this to get healed. You can go to God from the position of grace, amazing grace, that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I am healed. And now sickness and disease is fighting against me, maybe in my body, but I can resist sickness just like I can resist sin because of grace and the grace of God, the power of sin's been broken. And man, if I do sin, I can still repent and get cleansed and wash of that, washed of that because I'm made righteous in Jesus. If I have symptoms of sickness, if my body is weak or again, I have this disease or anything else that's contrary to God's good will for your life, I can resist that because of God's grace and receive my healing by faith, just like I did from all of my sins. We need to resist sickness, just like we resist sin. And I may sin, but I'm not gonna live there. I'm gonna repent, get cleansed of it, and break the power of it. I may be tempted to get sick, and I may have symptoms of sickness try to get in my body, but I'm gonna resist them and fight that, just like I would sin, and I'm gonna believe I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and begin to receive it by faith. One of the things grace and understanding grace does, it helps you fight whatever you're warring with from a position of victory, not a victim. In other words, I'm not a sinner if or when I sin and have a sin nature still in Adam and I got a worm or work my way back to God to be made righteous. No, if or when I sin, I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ. And from a position of victory by faith, Faith and grace, I resist sin and the grace of God breaks the power of it in my life and I can be free from it and overcome it. Sickness is the same way. I'm not the sick and depressed and deprived and diseased that's trying to do something to get God to heal me. I'm the healed in Jesus that the devil is trying to make sick and I resist this sickness by faith. By faith in what? Not faith in my works, not faith in my holiness, not faith in anything I can do or ever have done, but faith in the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. So even in sickness, you're fighting from a position of victory, not a victim because of the amazing grace of God. Man, that is so powerful. And I just pray that you're able to hear that, that you're able to receive it. Because just like people try to do something to get saved, people are constantly trying to do something to get healed. And just like people think they have to quit a bunch of stuff and start a bunch of stuff to get saved, people think they have to stop and start a bunch of stuff to get healed. And the truth of the matter is I am saved by the amazing grace of God through faith and I'm healed by the amazing grace of God through faith. Let's look at what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 because this is where he declares our healing by the stripes of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23. This is speaking of Jesus and the cross. It says, who when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. This says we, we are dead to sin and we should live under righteousness. Now think with me for a minute. I'm dead to sin and now I'm to live to, unto righteousness. It doesn't mean when it says I'm dead to sin, it's impossible for me to sin or I never sin. It means I can by faith reckon myself dead to that. That that is not the true me. If I commit a sin or a transgression, that is not my nature. That is not who I am. I am dead to that and I can reckon myself dead to that and alive unto Jesus and now live unto righteousness. Well, that's the grace of God. A lot of people even haven't learned to deal with sin in this manner. And so sin tends to dominate them or rob them many times. But I'm going to say it again. He says we are dead to sin and now need to live under righteousness. That's the grace of God. Watch this. You are dead to sickness and you now need to live under healing. Under healing. Dead to Sickness doesn't mean I never get sick. It doesn't mean I'm never tempted. It doesn't mean it's impossible for me to get sick, even as it doesn't mean when you're dead to sin, it's impossible for you to sin. What it means is sickness has no more power over me than sin has over me. And so I can resist sin now because of being made righteous in Jesus and live a righteous life by the power of God. I can resist sickness now and by the same cross, the same power of God, the same grace, I can live in healing now. Just like God forgave me and made me righteous, and now he wants me to act like it, God healed me and, and if you will, made me whole in Jesus, and he wants me to live under that, free from disease, free from sickness, free from all of these things that without Jesus, we can't live free from. You know, without Jesus and the grace of God, you are bound by sin. You are a sinner by nature and you're going to continue to live in sin. But one of the things that salvation and grace brings, it breaks the power of that sin. Now, God makes you righteous by faith and you can overcome sin. Now, healing's the same thing without God. Sickness is just a part of the human condition. Sickness is just a part of this life. and People yield to it, expect it. Many people don't even know it. They're believing for it and expecting it. Well, God wants you to believe for healing and expect it when you're tempted to be sick. What if grace covered sin and sickness? And so just like when you're tempted to sin, you need to fight against that. Maybe we're being tempted to be sick and we need to fight against that just like we fight against sin. Well, if grace and the cross paid for my sins and that same grace and cross paid for my healing, I'm going to resist sickness and fight for my healing just like I resist sin and fight for my righteousness and living a righteous life. That is pretty powerful. And I pray that helps you because a lot of people just do not approach the subject of healing and receiving your healing from a position of grace, that it's a done deal, that God has provided healing for you. That's why I'm confident that it's God's will to heal all. It's why as even as a pastor, I never waver. And while I have to deal with this stuff every day as a pastor, I never waver on God's will to heal. A lot of people don't receive healing or they don't walk in their healing. 
But that doesn't change God's will to heal. Just like a lot of people walk and live in sin that are Christians. I know a lot of people that have given their heart to Jesus and they continue to live in sin. They don't overcome many things. And I don't, I don't question their salvation or God's will to save them, even though they may be living in sin. I don't question God's will to heal, even though people may be living sick. Because grace is an amazing thing in the kingdom of God. And the same cross that paid for our sins paid for our sicknesses. That is so powerful. All right, I want to turn now to Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to cover this in a different way. I'm going to go to verse 13 and tie this into grace. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And then we're going to, we're going to go a little... We're going to go backwards in Galatians and I'm going to show you grace and God's will in salvation and healing as it connects to grace. All right. Galatians 3.13. Very familiar. And yet many Christians miss the power of this. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Sickness was a part of the old covenant law and curses under that old covenant law. And man, this is a subject. I've got other teachings on this that you can Download for absolutely free on my app. PastorDwayne.com is one of the apps we have of many, and you can receive these teachings for absolutely free. But when it comes to the law, there's a lot of confusion with Christians and a lot of people because of misunderstanding of the law and the curses and punishment and wrath of God revealed under the law. They think somehow maybe God is making them sick or that God is punishing them for their sins, etc., etc. Under the old covenant law, God's wrath for all sin was revealed from heaven. And many sicknesses were, were, were revealed under the law as a punishment for sin. And that God did punish people for sin. God did strike people with diseases. God did, again, bring sickness as a punishment, as a curse, for breaking the Old Testament law. God never used sickness to teach them something or he never used sickness or disease to reveal his will to them and things of that nature. Everywhere under the old covenant law, you see God putting diseases on people. You see God afflicting people. It was his wrath for sin. It was him punishing them for sin. And because people have read that kind of thing and seen that, they think God's still doing that today under New Testament grace. Under the law, it's true that God did punish people. God did use sickness and disease as a manifestation of wrath and curses. And once you see that, though, how can you miss Galatians 3.13? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus redeemed us from the curse, the punishment of God, the wrath of God for all sin. So if sickness and disease was a part of God's wrath under the old covenant law, a part of his punishment for sin, that's what Jesus bore on the cross in his grace. And that's why it's not God making you sick. It's not God punishing you for any sin. God's not putting diseases on us. God's not making us sick to teach us things or to, or to on and on it goes with the things that are said that hinder people from receiving of the grace of God. If Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, he redeemed us from all of those sicknesses, all of those diseases. That is the grace of God. And again, people, I, I love people. And, but boy, they can be challenging sometimes. And there'll be people saying they believe God's put sickness on them to teach them something or that God is even still punishing people for sin of which he's not, but they don't believe it. If you believe God is making you sick to teach you something, 
then why are you taking medicine and resisting God's will in your life, resisting the work of God? Why are you going to doctors and wasting all of your money? If you think it's God making you sick to teach you something, you need to learn what he's teaching you and you need to get well. People don't believe it is the point. They don't believe that. They're confused. You don't need to be confused. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Can't get any simpler or plainer than that. And if he redeemed me from the curse and part of the curse was sickness and disease, then under God's grace now, God has delivered me from all sicknesses and all diseases. You need to understand that and understand God's will for you because faith begins and ends where the will of God is known. God's word is his will. And so knowing my redemption from the curse has given me confidence and boldness to not only receive a healing, but walk in a measure of health because I've been tempted with some type of sickness and I've just had to resist it just like I do sin. And then I've been able to minister healing now to others with confidence because I know it's a part of God's grace. It's a part of the atonement that Jesus did for you and I at the cross. And that's important to God, I believe, as well as as us. Now, this is powerful. Go back to verse 1 of Galatians chapter 3. And he talks about how foolish these Galatians were on how that they were saved by grace, but now they're trying to be matured or perfected or live holy by their own works. He says they were bewitched and that they weren't obeying the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. This only would I learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect through the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it is still in vain? That is so powerful. He's simply saying, how did you get saved? You got saved by grace through faith. How did you get forgiven of all your sins and made the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? It was by God's grace through faith. It was the hearing of faith is how they got saved, how they got forgiven and how they were made the very righteousness of God. Then they got off into the flesh trying to be holy after their own performance, their own ability, their own works. So he's trying to bring them back to grace and faith that you were saved by grace. You've been forgiven by grace. You've been made righteous by grace through faith. So was it the works of the law, he says, that saved you or by the hearing of faith? The answer is the hearing of faith. Now watch this connection. Verse five, therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Wow, that is over the top cool. He's reminding them you got saved by grace through faith and now miracles and signs and wonders, or if you will, healings that are manifest among us, do they happen by the works of the law? Are we gonna get healed by the works of the law? Are you gonna get healed by your own performance or your own ability to keep a righteous standard or by the hearing of faith? Man, that is so powerful. The answer is, if you don't know the answer, the answer is I got saved by grace and I'm gonna get healed by grace. I got saved by who Jesus is and what he did. I'm gonna get healed by who Jesus is and what he did. That just like, like I couldn't earn my salvation, I can't earn my healing. Wow, man, please listen to me. I can save you hours and hours of frustration. You can't get saved by works of the law. You can't get healed by works of the law. We can't perform miracles among us by works of the law. You know, this is a mystery to people. There'll be miracles and signs and wonders happen in the midst of us and people wonder how could that be when there are people falling so short of the glory of God. It's by the grace of God. God is using people, not because of their holiness. God is using people in spite of their holiness. God uses me not because I'm perfect, but because I believe in his amazing grace through my faith. I'm simply yielding to the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow through me and I see people healed in miracles. I, I pray for people and they get healed, not because I'm holy, not because I am doing this and doing that, but because of Jesus in my heart and life. 
because of grace on me and me believing in and me exercising faith in Jesus. You're going to get healed by grace through faith or you're not going to get healed, brothers and sisters. You have to understand this because the temptation, just like people are tempted to try to earn their salvation, people are tempted to try to earn their healing. They try to, man, God, will you heal me if I quit this? God, if I'll do this and then do this and do this, will you heal me then? That's works of the law. That's you appealing to your own holiness. That's you appealing to your own ability. That's you saying, God, I can earn my healing. I'll do this, this, and this, and I'll quit this and this and this so you can heal me. That would be like me saying, God, if I quit this and quit this, and if I'll do this and do this, will you save me? No, I'm either saved by grace through faith or I can't get saved. I'm either healed by God's grace through faith or I'm not going to get healed. And this is why you see so many good people struggling with their healing. They have begun in the spirit, but they're trying to be made perfect after the flesh. Man, I just love those passages. And many haven't heard those or read those and received. You need to read over and over this. Over and over this. He's asking these Christians... How did you get saved? By grace or works of the law? Then he turns it around. How was their miracles worked among you? By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The truth is it's by faith through in grace. All right, verse 6 is, and this is interesting. He asked them the question, how'd you get saved? Works of the law, hearing of faith. How'd you get healed? How was their miracles worked among you? Works of the law or hearing of faith? Then all of a sudden, this is so powerful. Out of the blue, out of the blue, seemingly, he says, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Man, what in the world did he throw that in there for? He's reminding us of our father Abraham and how Abraham was made righteous. Abraham was not made righteous by his own ability, his own works, his own performance or his own holiness. He was made righteous by having faith in Jesus, faith in God. He's reminding us, just like you're made righteous by faith, just like you're forgiven by faith in grace, you're healed by grace through faith. You are made whole by God's amazing grace through faith. And boy, we need to remember these things because it's so easy, even in Christianity today, to get caught up in our own holiness, our own ability, our own works, our own performance. What can I do to get? What can I stop to get? The truth is I've already got all of heaven itself in the amazing grace of God. I'm not doing anything to get saved. I'm already saved because of Jesus and him bearing my sins and his body on the tree. And I'm receiving my salvation. I'm also already healed by the stripes of Jesus and I'm just learning how to, by faith in God's grace, receive it. Not faith in my ability, not faith in my works, faith in the works of Jesus, the cross, God's amazing grace. All right, here's another one of my favorite as it ties into grace and faith, James. Turn over to James chapter 5. And James, the brother of Jesus, just makes this startling statement about God and his will to heal. God and the power of God among us to heal our, our bodies, to, to restore our minds from the damage that sin can create in our lives. And this is an amazing statement. And it means so much to me as a pastor, as an elder. And I believe all of us should be connected to a local church. I believe the local church is the heartbeat of God and that Jesus is working in and through the local church throughout the world and that he's coming back for his church. And within church culture, we need to develop a culture of grace and a culture of faith. These are some of the things that I've spent my entire adult life in establishing in Victory Life is this culture of expectation, a culture of God's love and goodness and how we should expect and experience and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to see good things in our life. Well, James talks about people sick at church, sick among us. And this is over the top. He says in James chapter, chapter five, verse 14, is any among you sick? Now think about that. Is any among you sick? 
without exception, the question is, is there anybody suffering from from sickness? Here's what they need to do. And here's what God will do. He says, let him, that's the sick person, call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And look at this. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now that is powerful. All of a sudden, the optimism, the confidence, is there any sick? Let the sick person call for the elders of the church. Let them, the elders of the church, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then let the elders pray the prayer of faith. And it says the Lord will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. And then out of the blue, and if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Why in the world did the Holy Spirit come upon the apostle James and put that in there all of a sudden? That even if you've committed sins, you'll be forgiven. Because everybody knows that sin is connected at some measure or some degree to sickness in the world. There would be no sickness in the world if it wasn't for sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 13 says that it was sin and by sin death came into the world. And all that makes up death and sickness and disease and oppression and depression, all of that's a part of the darkness of this world. It's a part of death and it encompasses death. And so even early in scriptures, we see the connection with sin and sickness. This is one of the problems Job's friends had. They knew there was a connection to sin and sickness, but they misapplied the word of God. They misapplied that revelation to Job and they were constantly trying to convince him of his sin and that he had to have sinned and they condemned him for his sin, but never gave him an answer. Even the disciples knew there was a connection between sin and sickness. And in John chapter nine, they simply misapplied that connection. They asked Jesus, there was a man born blind and they said, whose sin caused this blindness? Was it the, the baby, the child in its mother's womb or was it the parents? And Jesus said, neither, but that the works of God must be manifest. He needed to work the works of God while it is still day. He simply said that I'm here to fix this. I'm here to reverse it. It wasn't the personal sins of the baby or the parents that made him blind. But listen, it was sin in the world. Nobody would be born blind if not for sin in the world and the wages of sin and the consequences of sin. And many people suffer from sickness and disease and being handicapped, not because God did that, not because God willed that, but because of sin in the world, not their personal sins, but sin in this world. We're born a sinner even into a sinful world. And there's all kinds of of things that are bad like that, that Jesus came to reverse and that he's coming back, that there won't be any sin in the world in the kingdom to come on this earth. And there won't be any sickness in the world because there can't be sickness without sin. And if God removes all sin from this planet as he will at his appearing in kingdom, then there won't be any sickness anymore. And so there's a connection between sin and sickness, but many people misapply that connection. And if they see somebody sick, they assume they must have sinned. They had to have sinned to, allow, to have allowed that sickness. And the truth is personal sin and living in sin can give place to Satan and create sickness and disease in our life. But not everybody's sick or has a disease personally sinned that may have caused that sickness and disease. We are born into this fallen world. We're born into a world of darkness filled with sin and our bodies are not yet redeemed. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is born again. Your soul is united to your spirit and being saved by the word of God every day. But your body is not redeemed. My body is not redeemed. It's purchased. It will be redeemed at the appearing of Jesus and his kingdom. When Jesus returns, if this body is sown into the earth, it will be raised incorruptible and an immortal body. If Jesus comes back while I'm still alive, I wouldn't mind him coming back while I'm sharing this right now. And if he did or does, then my body would have to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye because it's corruptible. 
It's, it's, it's mortal. And so it has to put on incorruption and immortality. And that happens at the second coming of the Lord or the return of the Lord or the appearing of Jesus and his kingdom. And so as long as Jesus is tarrying his return, this body is subject to sickness and disease because it's not redeemed. It's been purchased. It's been bought. It belongs to God, but it's corruptible. And so if I choose to live in sin and rebel against God, I'm giving place to Satan and he came to steal, kill and destroy John 10, 10. And in Romans 6, 16, it talks about whoever we yield to his servants to obey. We become servants to whoever we yield to, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. If I yield to Satan in sin, he can bring sickness and disease. Man, even in that, I can repent, be forgiven, and be cleansed and washed of that and healed of any sickness and disease. Even if I yield to God and obey God that leads to this life, it doesn't mean I won't be tempted with sickness or the possibility of this body having an issue and me having to trust God. So I just want to encourage you, obviously, to live for God, obviously to not live in known, habitual, unrepented sin. But what James was saying was that God's will to heal you is so sure, even if you've committed sins, they will be forgiven. In other words, God's not going to hold sin against you and God's not going to hold his will to heal you against you, even if you're falling short in some areas. Yes, if you're falling short, repent. All right, I dealt with it. I said it. But even if you're making mistakes or you're struggling with something, God's will is to heal you and to raise you up. I used to be stunned at James's confidence, his optimism. Is there any sick among you? You call for the elders of the church. The church will anoint you with oil. We can pray the prayer of faith and listen to how positive it is. It is the Lord will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. Why? Because God has already provided the forgiveness of your sins at the cross and the healing of your body. Man, it's hard for me not to get all, all excited about this because I still struggle. I fail. I fall. But I know God's amazing grace. And if I sin, God's not holding that over me. God's not holding that against me. He's already extended forgiveness. And now he is faithful. First John 1 9 says he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me now of all unrighteousness. If sickness attacks my body, I don't have to waver. I don't have to get into works of the law to earn something from God. I can stand on the amazing grace of God for my healing just like I can stand on the amazing grace of God for my forgiveness. That is so powerful. All right, he goes on to say in verse 16 then, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So there is a place for dealing with sin. There is a place to humble myself and confess a fault or a trespass to one another. And there's a healing that comes to that. It says confess our sins or confess our trespasses one to another. He's not talking about confessing sin to God. He's talking about when we humble ourselves and confess our sins, our trespasses, our shortcomings one to another. There's a healing that comes with that. And that includes more than healing of our bodies. There's a healing of our soul that when we've mistreated one another or harmed one another in trespasses or sins, that when we confess them one to another, there's a healing that comes to the soul and to that relationship. Many people need a healing in their body. Yes, I suspect many of you watching right now are seeking God for healing in your body. But what about a healing in your marriage? What about a healing in some friendships? What about a healing in the workforce and other relationships? What about healing with your extended family? Many times that healing comes through confessing your faults one to another. Then this is amazing. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Think about that for a minute. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Who is a righteous man? A righteous man among us. Who are these elders? that are going to pour this oil on us and pray the prayer of faith over us that the Lord shall save the sick and shall raise them up. Are they righteous? Man, a righteous man is not someone who's perfect after the flesh. A righteous man is not someone who never makes a mistake. 
A righteous man is not someone who never fails or falls. A righteous man is a man that has put his faith in the amazing grace of God and been forgiven of our sins. You are a righteous man if you're born again. You are a righteous man if you've received Jesus into your heart and life. You are a righteous man or a righteous woman if you understand that by God's grace you're saved and you've believed in the grace of God. So your prayers avail much as a righteous man in Christ. My prayers avail much as a righteous man because I've been made righteous in my spirit, man, not after my flesh or in my flesh. And then he gives us an example to bring this home, and I want to bring it home. In James then, chapter 5, verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Or in other words, Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah wasn't perfect after the flesh. Elijah wasn't a man that didn't have any issues at all. Elijah wasn't a man that didn't doubt God at times. He was a man of like passions, just like we are. But look at this. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth fruit of herself. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which is converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. In other words, we need to encourage one another if we get off into sin. And we need to encourage one another to repent of any sin and be reconciled in that situation back to God and to other people that maybe we've sinned against. But the bottom line, he's saying, look, Elijah wasn't a perfect man. He was a man just like us with shortcomings. But when he prayed in faith, he saw miracles. He saw the rain cease for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain and it did rain. What he's trying to do is encourage us that aren't perfect after the flesh to trust God's amazing grace and to receive your healing based on who Jesus is, not who you are. Receive your healing based on what Jesus did, not what you do, haven't done, or wish you had done. Receive your healing by grace through faith, not works of the law. The first healing I received in my Christian life was the anointing of oil. And at that time I was playing tennis at the University of Central Florida. And I was on tennis scholarship and my goal was to to be a professional tennis player. So I was pretty serious about it. And I had gone into a tournament and finished the tournament, actually won the tournament, but I had pulled my growing muscle and I had a tournament a week away that I was anticipating and planning on getting in. And I, I, I hurt my growing muscle and I'd hurt it in the past. And I knew it took two to three weeks to, for it to heal on its own. And I was staying in some Christian's home and I was a pretty new believer. And the lady of the house, when I told her what I did, she just looked at me and with all confidence and said, well, God will heal it. <laughs> and I was just getting started. And I said, he will. I mean, it was like, that was a shock to me. She was so positive. Well, God will heal it. Not God might heal it. Not if you'll do this, do this, do this, and quit that, and quit this and quit this. God will heal you. No, it's God will heal you. It, it, you can be healed of it instantly. And I was just amazed. And she showed me this scripture. And then she, I said, well, would you anoint me with oil? So she anointed me with oil. The testimony's way too long. My time's failing me. But at that time, I had this big afro playing in college again in the, in the early 80s or 70s. Excuse me. This was in the 70s. And so I had this big afro. She went and got real oil out of a jar like that big and poured it on my head. It was so weird and strange. But she started praying for me, the prayer of faith. I just held my hands up and God healed me instantly of that groin injury. And I mean, that impressed me. Not only was I blessed, but I knew I had pulled it and I knew how long it took to heal it. And it was gone. The pain was gone. I went out the next day and played tennis. I played in the tournament that next week. It was amazing to me. And there wasn't anything I had to do. There wasn't anything I had to quit. God wasn't holding any sin over me. I wasn't perfect. All it was was simply yielding to someone in faith and simple faith obedience. God said, she read this to me, that if you'll ask me, I can pray the prayer of faith, anoint you with oil, you will be healed. Boy, I'll never forget her confidence. And I want to be that way. You need to be that way. 
We need to learn to receive. We need to learn to walk in. And we need to learn to minister this amazing grace. There's something about healing we don't understand. And we have to find out. And... Uh... <coughs> what you think? <laughs> Anything you want to talk about? Anything you heard that maybe was new or... I did look up that word I brought up about Genesis, and the word is the word moved. I'm not sure what the Hebrew word, how to pronounce the Hebrew word, but um, it says in where God moved upon the water, and um, it's to shake, or to move, or to, um, I can't remember now what the other word was, but it wasn't vibrate, but when you think of shaking, that creates a vibration. Yeah, so, yeah. that was interesting. He did. He, shook, he it shook it up, didn't he? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I so. do want to make a, a quick thing about that. You know, repentance and confession are two different things. Right. So we do need to understand the difference between that. Yeah. You know, <coughs> confession is, you know, and I think towards the end there, he said something I thought was very important, is that you know, you have the horizontal and the vertical, mm -hmm. so you know, God has forgiven us the people around us haven't yeah. so we can we, you know if I if I thought about it like this you know, the, the word sin actually means to miss the mark mm -hmm. and metanoia means to turn mm -hmm. so, you know, if I had this big you know, if I had a Nerf gun and I'm sh trying to shoot a, a, you know, like a big target up here, and then all of a sudden I just started shooting, uh, you know, Susan, and then, you know, I just went around and started shooting everybody. Well, then, you know, I'm, I'm missing where I'm supposed to be. I'm missing how I'm supposed to have a relationship. I'm missing all these things, and I'm also causing people to be upset with me. Mm-hmm. So sin has so much more consequence, not between you and God, but between you and others. Right. And about the things that are going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, you know, metanoia just means, oh, well, I'm shooting Susan. <laughs> I need to just turn a little bit and start shooting the, the, the mark, mm -hmm. right? So the, the, the whole idea of sin and repentance means mm -hmm. that I know I'm going down the wrong path, mm -hmm. and I need to get back on the right path. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn and move so I no longer am missing that mark, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why sin and repentance goes hand in hand, because you're really trying to get mm -hmm. back on that path. You're trying to hit mm -hmm. the, the mark again. Yeah. And, and the confession piece of it, you know, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that you can confess, but you're not going to hit every sin. Wow. So that's one of the reasons why I think confession to God is that, yes, I am a sinner and I, you know, I've needed Jesus. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the biggest confession is I need mm -hmm. Jesus. I need mm -hmm. to believe in him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that confession to others is the forgiveness piece of it. Yeah. Susan, forgive me for hitting you with the, the Nerf gun. Nerf gun. Right? <laughs> and that, that's the that's the thing that mm -hmm. I can I can be in right standing with God, but I can be in wrong standing with Correct. God. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why confessing our sins one to another so that we can be healed. Mm -hmm. That that has several different mm -hmm. manifestations, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of them is I renew my my resolve and my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. But also, I might need you to pray for me. Yeah. Also think that, too, sometimes the Holy Spirit's talking to you mm -hmm. about something that is with me. Mm -hmm. And if I say, you know what, I've been dealing with this. You know, I have a, a lady that's been coming to church and she has anxiety problems. Mm -hmm. And we you were standing there the other day. Huh? It's all? It's all. Oh, I'm not going to mention any names. Okay, okay. But anyway, the thing is, is that I had this 
thing pop up and it was telling me about taking magnesium and mm -hmm. that people that have been taking mm -hmm. magnesium it helps with like nerve issues yep. and things like that mm -hmm. well I'm telling her about this and and maybe she'll she'll do something about it maybe she mm -hmm. won't but the whole thing is is that the moment that she said this to me yeah. it popped up mm -hmm. in my head mm -hmm. maybe that this is too. something that you need to do mm -hmm. because maybe you're magnesium deficient maybe mm -hmm. there's some, some things mm -hmm. and I prayed for her to have peace yeah. but I also said hey here's something that I feel impressed upon mm -hmm. to tell you so sometimes confessing what's happening in our life mm -hmm. gives other people the ability to speak into it. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Nice to have a good friend you can say things like that at the heart too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, not everybody gets a good friend in life. Yeah. Go find a good church. You'll have lunch. Right. Oh, wow. Right. That's yeah. right. Good church. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, because sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Right. You know, sometimes if if everybody puts up their walls and don't share anything with anybody, you don't know what's going on. Now there are like you said, there's times the Holy Spirit will just reveal something to you. But Sometimes you just get told something and then you know how to pray and how to respond and how to help. So. Well, and, and, you mm -hmm. know, and I'll, I'll tell you this, there's a lot of things that are in our lives that we do to ourselves. There's a lot of mm -hmm. things in our lives that others do to us. Yeah. You know, if, if I have a pain in my body and I go to the doctor and the doctor mm -hmm. prescribes me something and it causes another something, and then, and then I take something for that something and it just keeps yeah. going on, well, then I get more and more mm -hmm. issues, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the same thing happens if, you know, right before the pandemic, you know, maybe I need to fill out a HIPAA form, but, you know, right before the pandemic, there was like a, I, I was not feeling real well. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sick or anything, mm -hmm. but, you know, I already had a doctor's appointment to go get my yearly physical, mm -hmm. and I just told the doctor, I was like, I just don't feel good all the time, mm -hmm. and he actually said, well, let me take a blood panel. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out that my vitamin D was in the basement, mm -hmm. and, just, and yeah, so he started giving me vitamin D, and mm -hmm. things got better, and um, and so I know that that's something about myself that I have to continue to, to mm -hmm. stay on regimen. Uh, high blood pressure. Uh, I was talking to a person and they started talking about magnesium and things like that. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D and magnesium together actually help to lower your blood, blood pressure. pressure. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things that, and I've been doing it, and my blood pressure, my top number would be like 150s back before I was doing this. Now it's like 128 over 80. Awesome. And so that I've never had it that low mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a long time. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I look at it from the perspective of, mm -hmm. you know, God made us to take in things. I mean, we're, you know, people need to believe God for, for certain things. But also we need to also put into our body the things that we need. That it needs, right. So sometimes you need somebody to go, that, that's something you need to do, right? Because I wouldn't have known about my vitamin D if I had not went and had somebody tell me about that. So that's one of the reasons why I think that we, we all need to have people in our lives that we can confess these things to and that they can give us a, you know, like my doctor, I know that he's, gonna, he's not going to be like, hey, I'm going to give you 15 things mm -hmm. and I'm just going to, you know, shotgun this approach. Yeah. He's actually going to go, and if you don't need it, I'm not going to give it, right? Yeah. So you need, you need to have that in your friends. You need to have mm -hmm. that in your family. You need to have that in the people that you confide mm -hmm. your issues to. Yeah. Yeah. That they're going to actually help you and not hurt you. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's a good word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. A good church is important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Girls are better communicators than most guys. <laughs> They're um, not supposed to 
people stiff up as it. Um, <clears throat> lift myself up on my own bootstraps. I'm not allowed to cry, not allowed to show too much emotion. Who tells you that? <clears throat> it's all that conditioning I was brought up with. Yeah. But I am envious of girls who can't share and, and uh, cut a problem in half together. And, yeah. um, and a lot of merit to what the things you said you just mentioned. Yeah. Mm. The, the thing is, though, is that, you know, you don't need to throw your pearls before the swine. Mm -hmm. There are going to be people that you know that if you tell them something, that they are going to trample it like a bunch of swine. Mm -hmm. mm. Right? So you need to find people that you can confide in that is not going to trample on you. Right. Yeah. So the whole stiff upper lip and everything else, those people are saying, hey, I don't want to hear about your problems. Right. Don't right. tell them about your problems. That's right. Go find the people who can't, who, who will go, hey, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm willing to have this conversation with you and I also want to build you up. And, and that's another piece of this too, right? Mm -hmm. Being vulnerable enough to say it, but also being vulnerable enough to say, I receive. See, I think men a lot of times don't do that. Yeah. Is that yeah. they will say, hey, I might say I've got a problem, but I'm not vulnerable enough to go, I'm going to listen to what somebody says and I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of things that men over time have been taught that are wrong about themselves mm -hmm. and that they need to actually take the time to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be, if it comes from the Word of God, and if this person that I'm confiding in, I believe that God's putting them on my life at this time to, yeah. to actually deal with this problem, then I'm going to listen to what the Word of God has to say. Mm -hmm. So don't listen to people who are going to step all over your problem, yeah. and they're going to be like swine. Also, don't don't listen to people who are not going to build you up with a word. Right. If they're just going, well, I don't, I don't right. know. Mm -hmm. Well, then you probably don't want to confide in them either. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if they're going to say something negative about it. They may not step on you, right? But they they may actually mm -hmm. just don't know the word, yeah, and, and they're not, you know, they're just not going to have anything yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. So you you might find people that you're like, well, you know. I, and I think a lot of times if you think about what the women are doing, and ladies, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Here we I go. Think, I think they're more gossiping than they are actually building each other up. Depends on what group you're with. Mm. I'm just saying yeah. that if you, go look at the, if you go look at the majority of what we see on TV, well, what we yeah. see where people oh. confiding yeah, into sure. each other about, yeah. it's more about the gossip. It's more about the, the I'm, I'm just... You know, I want to cry and have a pity party. <laughs> then I'm actually building people up. Yeah. Can I ask a follow-up question? Sure. Uh, in in scripture, it, it mentions um, that uh, I don't want to bum fuzzle this, but uh, uh, a man's. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth, the speaks, mouth speaks. Though he says, "Eat and drink your fill," his heart is not with you. I mean, there is a tricky component to some associations, even breaking bread with certain people. There is a certain, perhaps justified suspicion, or. Uh, uh, Precaution with uh, uh, some people. Uh, they may present as. So, so you, you know, you're always going to have people who are going to, you know, um, they're going to take rather than give. You're going to have people who are going to be, um, that are going to be. Uh, giving, you know, some people are giving, and some people they they all they want is for themselves. They're going to be self-seeking. Mm. So I think in a lot of ways, you know, when when you are, you know, 
um, I think in, in Psalms it says something, uh, you know, says something to the effect of, you know, don't, um, don't confide in a fool mm-hmm. because the fool will, uh, will blab, blab your secrets, basically. Well, we need to understand that. that or hate your reprimand. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That they're, they're going to find a way of using it against you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if you find people that are that way, get away. Stay away from them. You stay away, stay from, away them. from them. Or, or if if you do have to be around them, you know I need to be guarded mm-hmm. in, in that respect, mm-hmm. right? No, but, yeah. but those people that you that you say, you know what? I can really I can confide in them. Mm. Now I'm going to give you exactly the same thing on the opposite side of what I just said about women getting together and you know kind of creating the pity party. Also, be very cognizant that you don't want to create a hyperbole. You don't want to create something that is more than what your situation is. You don't want to go beyond your the boundaries of what people are. So, when you're confessing your sins or the things that are to one another, so you can be healed, get in and get out because you don't want to dwell in what you've done with them. It's like I had this this man and woman I was good friends with for years, and one they, and I was sort of like trying to keep them together. I, I'd gotten saved, and and they were coming to our church and everything when we were at VCF, and they were together. And then all of a sudden, he started having an affair, and I'm talking to them, and I'm trying to keep them together, and I'm trying to. You know, and I'm trying to minister to them in the only way that I knew how, which was not at all hardly at the time. And, you know, so they were trying to confess their sins to me, and I didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I didn't need to know everything that had went on. And they were trying to give me all of what was going on. Because I knew that the moment it started happening, I gotta still be friends with these people, right? right? So, so you have to really understand, you know, what am I giving and getting from a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times people will go, I just want to give everybody, I just want to blab all of my, all of my sins to, to everybody, mm-hmm. and that's not what I think that means. I right. think that. You're specifically going and saying, how can I be healed of this? Mm-hmm. What is it that's going on in my life? This is the thing that, and, and mm-hmm. you know, pray with me. Yeah. Any two that shall agree on earth, it shall be done for them as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Because you also want to have a friendship with them later sure. too, you sure. know? Yeah. So, so that, that's, that's one of those things that I just say that, you know, think about it when you're, when you're thinking about your own, you know, you know the people who you want to confide in you, and you want to confide mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. That you want to make sure that it's it's for the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. When we're confiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And suspicion is rooted in fear. And the word says that perfect love casts out fear. So find people that you can have relationship with and that you can love and be loved by. A good church family is a great place. Um, You know, if if people are not genuinely loving you, like Dusty said, find people that you can have relationship with and be friends with that will love you, that you can trust. Because as long as the enemy can keep you in suspicion and fear, he'll keep you away from people. Look at the fruit in people's life, too, True. when mm-hmm. you are choosing who to, right. to take That's those good. issues to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those kind of relationships mm-hmm. take time. I mean, right. It's not the person right. Met two weeks ago. Right. It's, yeah. I've had enough time that I've had some conversations with you mm-hmm. that maybe weren't 
really deep. Right. But I kept having conversations and I kept seeing the fruit that you're producing mm -hmm. and I want to partake of that fruit. Yeah. yeah. That's like good. getting marriage counseling from someone who's been divorced five times. That's right? not wise. Not wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, right. they may be able to tell you all the wrong that they did. <laughs> tell you what not to do. <laughs> yeah, but they're not yeah. going to give you the. <clears throat> This is how I stayed married for 26 years. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. That's a good, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Find people producing the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Does anybody need prayer for anything? We need to pray for them all. Let's pray for them Yeah. Yeah, let's pray for them <clears throat> On or off? I need to turn off.